0: Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery. and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, Rob. Paul, it's good to see you. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Amigos. And we're still in our first season of the reconfigured format, uh, talking about associate agreements from the associate's perspective. And this is our seventh episode where we are talking about Clinician awareness. Very so, excited for this one. So I think, Paul, you are jealous about contractual yeah. awareness, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, but I, I love the the idea and the concept of clinician awareness. You can go, Rob.
2: I'll, I'll just say words for thirty two minutes because I'm so ready to rant and, and be and be enthusiastic. You know about this. I have, a, I have a phrase for my dental nachos with the new team members. They have to tell them, Paul's not angry. He's just enthusiastic. Right? <laughs> An enthusiastic because, e- ranter. Yes, enthusiastic <laughs> I like about and uh, this. Topic, very concerned about this topic and glad we're talking about
1: it. So just generally before we get into some of the specifics, what is clinician awareness, Paul, and why does it matter
2: to a young associate? Dentist? I think it should be really should think about what happens on your first day of work and beyond. What happens, you know, after you have gone through the appropriate exercises, gotten the appropriate advisors, had them look at your contract, and what do you think is gonna happen? in your full contact arts and crafts world, that's what I call dentistry, mm-hmm. full contact arts and crafts on patients that don't want to be there, you're gonna be part of the team, you're gonna to have to deliver dental care, you're gonna to have to use the equipment, you're gonna be asked to do things. So as a clinician, and we'll talk a lot about clinical dentistry parts with this, but I'm sure some of the business will get weaved into it, what is your life gonna look like when you take this job and how can you do the best job possible? It's actually fairly simple to look at a restrictive covenant and have someone like Rob Montgomery say, this mm-hmm. is unreasonable. Yeah don't take it or take it. It's a much more difficult to say, what is the philosophy of care in this practice? What are they gonna expect from you on patients? And while it's most definitely impossible to know exactly, it's practical and totally possible to get a preview for it if you take the right steps that I'm gonna share.
1: Yeah, cool, and we're gonna talk about those. But I guess what you're saying, this shouldn't come as a surprise, and it sounds really obvious, but maybe some people don't really think about it. No two dental offices are the same. Right? Exactly.
2: It's, it's, it's one of the things that people, a lot of dentists are friends with doctors, friends with attorneys. It's, you know, kind of a group that people still run in. So one of the things I want to point out just to start is doctors work in hospitals. I worked at Albert Einstein as a resident and hospitals have systems for clinician uh, performance, clinician expectations that are so far superior that anything that happens in dentistry is laughable. I mean, yeah. it's like the Oregon Trail video game against Fortnite, right? It is <laughs> It is just dentistry is uh, caves, dentistry is islands, uh, dentistry is little groups. And I think when, it, when you're going to leave a dental school, which I have a tremendous amount of problems with dental schools, but one of the things I don't have a problem with is they really do strive to get the end care to the patient to be acceptable to good. And they do strive to have checks and balances, and they do strive to follow best practices. And then once you go into the wild, wild west of the private practice world and DSO world, it's really important to be aware of what's going to happen clinically.
1: Right, right. And I think awareness and how do you become aware? You know, you have to do your homework. You have to do your due diligence. And so let's talk about some of the ways that people can, uh, can gather that. So the first, which is sort of the, uh, uh, the, uh, an interesting uh, concept uh, out there that we've talked about, you and I personally, yeah. uh, and you see
2: it a lot on,
1: uh, on Facebook groups and the notches, uh, is the working interview,
2: right? So, so I wanted to put the working interview to me is a clinical working interview which I cannot understand from my first day hearing of it to today, it seemed equally as insane. Let me explain. I run a dental practice with my brother. I was an associate. My dad and his partner were excellent dentists. We take care of patients. We do full contact arts and crafts on patients, crowns, fillings, root canals, and implants. These people are we have relationships with, okay? I cannot understand how in any way where someone would say, hi, Mrs. Smith, we're gonna test out a new dentist today. Hi, Rob. We're going to test out a new dentist on your filling. And if it goes hey, well. Hey, Rob. You feeling lucky? Yeah, Oh, yeah. If it goes well, we're going to hire them. If it doesn't go well, we're not going to hire them. okay? To me, I don't understand. One of the things, and I say this with total authenticity, I offer contracts from your dental lawyer to my associates that I would be okay signing. Whenever I sit in the chair, I'd be okay sitting there from the infection control to the dentist that's there. I have no associates. They don't do full mouth rehabs on me, but I would tr- I would trust them to do a crown mm-hmm. because they've been trained in our systems. So dentists will say in this old school mentality, which I think is so toxic, well, I got to see how they work on patients. I go, would you be good working in my office with strange equipment and a strange assistant so it's yeah. incredibly unfair outside of the unfairness to the patient? Even if you found a patient who was so easy going and says, I'm here to help. You yeah. can test out the feeling on me. <laughs> It's so unfair to the dentist because they're working with an assistant they've never worked with before. They're working in an operatory they've never worked in. They're using materials they've never used. So why not hire hire the associate, train them in your systems, mentor them? This is all the things we do. Before an associate in our practice ever has to touch a bird to a tooth, they've had massive training, credit to my brother, PowerPoints, systems, observation, what happens here? These are the materials, Mm -hmm. role modeling, because I really care about the associate's morale. I really care about the patient uh, the patient experience, and I really care about the clinical care. But I do know that, yes, you know, an associate can do a crown, but I don't want them to feel the pressure to test it out on a random patient. And mm. I also never want that patient to feel like I don't have their back. So to me, the clinical working interview should be banished out of dentistry. It should not exist at all. I watch this. I don't know if this is how you determine if an idea is good, Rob. Can't find it in any industry ever. Does anyone say, the barber say, hey, just so you know, we have a new barber here today. If your haircut stinks, we're not going to hire him. At least your hair grows back. With this, your tooth doesn't grow back. Well, it's not so, free either, right? So I have something to really, you know, I, I say I kindly annoy people. This is the only time I huh. I, I agree the uh, working interview works, Ready? This is the only patient who I think should be in the working interview. Owner, dentist. Yeah. If you want to sit there and uh-huh. have a filling done on you, totally I'm with it yeah if you want to be the patient do you know that's who's ever done that? i do. not i actually did and you know what's funny some cool owners did say they did it for and now i want to just make a point to listeners getting your teeth cleaned is different than a uh a procedure where you're doing irreversible drilling on a tooth sure so if you did want to have an associate introduced to your practice and do cleanings on the other team members or even cleanings on the owner just to get the feel for the office that i support right that uh-huh. i think is a great great experience But if you need a crown on number two in the back, I think it should be on the desk. I did hear a few say they did that. But I think that it's just this old school mentality that should be removed from our industry. I don't think it's good for patients. I don't think it's good for teams. You could jump in, Rob, if you... Because I see this where there's... I see a lot of legal issues here. Oh, yeah. I mean... I see whether it's from malpractice, simple liability. Yeah. I mean, here's this, Rob. You do a working interview, you do work. It's a two-step procedure. They don't like you. What if, what happens to that patient that you saw? I mean, I,
1: they're going. They can file a lawsuit against right. against you, against the the dentist. Uh, I don't even know
2: if your malpractice insurance would cover you for yeah. some non-employee. Right. Exactly. So it's and then here's another thing I've heard about this. As we, I do have a solution and a good idea, but I want to just continue this rant. Dentists who've done this unknowingly, they've reported they've never been paid for it. Okay. I was going to ask you, they've it, never it, been paid. Does, and is that kind of in this like working interview world? Is that the case? Well, does this, this anyone ever into, get paid? I think some people may have, but here's two things that have happened. One, you say if someone's unreasonable, they don't get more reasonable. So they should pay like $1,000 ahead of time, but they don't. The owner says, oh, we'll pay you 500 bucks." A couple things have happened. Some people have not been paid. Mm-hmm. Some people have been paid $500 for $10,000 worth of work. Some people have been paid five hundred dollars for what should have been twenty five hundred dollars in pay. Wow. Some people believe that they were being utilized as a temporary person <laughs> who was never intended to be hired.
1: Oh God, that's cheesy. Yes. So it's At best, really that's yes. cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> My so, legal opinion, yeah. Paul, that's cheesy. So
2: I tell them you're messing around with your you're messing around with your morale, you're messing around with your degree, you're not gonna feel good about it. I mean, I am not a good cook, but if I said to Mary, we're gonna go over to Rob's house. And you make this amazing dish. And oh, yeah, surprise. You're going to cook it in Rob's kitchen. And Kimberly did all the shopping for you. She would just be, that will be a terrible experience for her. Right. She doesn't know your stove. She doesn't know your stuff. It's like a she reality a, show. Yeah. TV show, and, right? And thing, I, I use show. that. I go, that's like a cooking show. They, go, they yeah. do that. I go, yeah, sometimes they undercook the food. Yeah, right. Sometimes it turns out burnt. I go, that's, not a, that's an example of a fun reality TV show. Sometimes they throw it in the trash. Yeah. So what, unless you are Paul Goodman in this listening, which I'm going to so talk about true. a licensed dentist, and unless you know what it feels like to sit six inches from a patient and have to do a project that starts at nine and ends at ten, if you do not have the tools that you're used to working with the people that you work with, and also there's a whole there's so many legal issues up. Who treatment plan this work? Yeah, are you just agreeing with someone else's stuff? Right. So well, if they, are, are they an employee? Right. Uh, are
1: they? What happens if they get hurt during that that yeah. uh, that working interview? I frankly, like The other thing too is if if they're not paid and they're actually, they're working and they're generating income, oh, that's very illegal. Right. Like, you <laughs> right. know, like you're not, <laughs> right? There, there are all are kinds t- of laws against, against people working for no pay.
2: So why would I, just to wrap up before you the next one, why would I want to do it? Mm-hmm. A, I wouldn't want to be the patient. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be the dental assistant. I most definitely wouldn't want to be the associate dentist. And I wouldn't want to be me, the practice owner, who's subjecting anyone to this experience of this weird, unfair, pressure-filled thing that's yeah. unnecessary.
1: Well, I mean, how do you even evaluate it? Are you, right. I say you, but is the dentist in the operatory looking over their shoulder while I, they're doing this?
2: One of the things I don't really know, I think sometimes they'll take x-rays after the, the case. They'll talk to them. It's nonsensical to me. I think they kind of just do this, like you used in the last episode, this weird trial by fire thing that, like, a, like I will say this, and I've said this before, My my best friend, incredibly talented guy. Soccer player in the Ivy League, Wharton grad, failed his driver's test because huh. it was February of 1994 in parallel parking in New Jersey due to snow. He hit the curb and they failed him. It was a stupid thing, right? Yeah. Of course he could drive. So the other thing I'll say, Rob, is as someone who's a dentist, I'm sure you could say it with a call for an attorney. You probably have bad calls sometimes. You probably have times where you think, oh, that wasn't the best client interaction. So who's even to say that this one little snapshot of your work is even a good reflection of your body of work either way? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like Dennis say, I have days that my crowns don't go so well. I got to fix them later. So why subject someone to this little one-day thing? So my hope when people listen to this is just say no to working interviews and suggest this. Just say no and suggest this. I'll tell you, when someone says, we want you to come and do two fillings and three extractions on strangers, I'll say, I could see why you'd want me to do this, but how about this instead? I prefer to do this instead. So I'm ready to share the, this with you when you're ready.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, so legally, it's, it is it is a yeah, bad idea, you know, and
2: uh, with with no real upside, right? Uh, from the sounds of things, like Look. you wouldn't you would tell your say you wouldn't tell your practice owners to start doing this, right? No, you wouldn't say start bringing in associates you barely know, not knowing if they have malpractice, having them work on your patients because you ultimately have a lot of responsibility to these people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just kooky. And again, I, I guess if they're not in the room, I mean, it would be really weird if they were. And you know, in what the you room. get a side
2: dish of this usually with this. You know, what you get a side dish, a side dish of some insurance fraud. Because a lot of times, if this is a insurance based yeah, practice, how are you billing out for the credential person? Yeah, you're sure. probably just doing it insurance fraud. Absolutely. So it's like, why you mixed all these things together? Yeah, rode the dish out. Just yeah, there's no good upside. Rode the working yeah. interview out.
1: And at the end, from a practical standpoint, it sounds like you're not even able to adequately. Evaluate this of the not. dentist anyway, yeah yeah. All right, um, so
2: the alternative the alternative Dr. Nacho. is what I've done multiple times, and it's so great. I've used it on both ends. So when we had one of our associates, you know, move across the country to follow his wife to San Francisco, I used my own invention, Dennis Job Connect. I got some applications. One amazing person came in, met him in person. First, they just come in for a conversation, right? Come in and meet me, and they get a tour of the office. It's very low key. I talk to them and I say, how about this? No one knows what it's like when a day's running until you see a day running. How about you come back for four hours, wear scrubs, we'll have you sign the HIPAA release, because that's very important, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just do a a day of observation. Stay here a half a day of observation. I want you to see how our practice runs, and I want you to see if this is the right fit for you. And after those four or five hours, we're gonna sit down together and talk, and you tell me what you thought. So instead of a working interview, just do a half day or full day of observation. Mm -hmm. Let them see what happens. And what I'm sharing with you associates is this is going to help you so many times because the place that you like, you're going to see during their game day and they're not going to be a place you like. And then always do this because the place that you're not so sure on, you're going to see them during game day and they're going to be great. So watch it, practice during game day, interact with all the people, suggest it to the owner. Here's what I'll say, Rob. If this was me, I would not ask to be paid for it. Sometimes people say, if I got to take a day off from work, I want to be paid... I'm not saying that I wouldn't be willing to pay someone $250 to come for half a day. Hmm. I'm just saying I don't want to even enter into a payment relationship if I want to bounce on the people.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's a two-way street. I mean, you know, it's not like... You know, the associate is not there working. Right. I mean, the associate could come in and look and say, I don't want any parts of this place. Right. This Pennington Dental Place is yeah. insane, you know? Well, I, what I, they but,
2: say, and the, us is, I'll be authentic about us, is we have a system where we have specialists and general dentists, and our associates don't do a lot of specialty care. And for some people, that wouldn't be good. Right. And they'd say, I'm no not even doing fillings, crowns, other stuff. The associates that we have, they get it. They do restorative. They treat and plan big cases. So I just want to show, I wanna show our, our authentic self, our game day self, mm-hmm. So when you go and observe, you learn something about the practice. I mean, there are things people do things like you said. No two dental practices the same. Check out their infection control. Check out how the assistants talk to each other. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. talk about that.
1: So, um, well, first off, I'm going to say like the observ- I like the observation yeah. day. I mean, it sounds a lot better than that 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 hazing. Right. <laughs> which yes. is what we'll yeah, call. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah really, is what that 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 yeah. working interview sounds like to me is hazing. Yeah. Right. Um, so, what things should associates sure. be looking for when they're there during this observation the
2: first day. thing i think they should look for in soft skills is how the people that work behind the scenes the dentist assistants front desk and a hygienist interact with each other is it in a way that's positive is it in a way that's mm. supportive right because that's you're going to be the new person on that team and see how questions get asked then dig into each department watch the dentist for part of the time Watch how the, how fast they do procedures. What the expectations is on speed. That's part of clinician awareness. I mean, one question is, oh, I see the dentist here does crowns. If I was to have a crown procedure here for my patients, how long would I get? If the front desk says forty minutes, that's a problem. The front desk says seventy-five to ninety minutes, that's good. The front desk says however you long you want, that's also not good. Yeah, I don't why know. Not? I don't know how the t- why not because then they don't have any awareness of how things have to be done in a way that's efficient. Okay. So if you had a new uh, uh, attorney. And one of the people here said, how long can we work on a brief on if you do this? Have, take the whole day if you want. You, <laughs> right. Not the whole day, no, right? No, right, you know? right? So what you'd say is that, I mean, I don't know, how, but that's like a two yeah. hour project. Right. So look for things of timing. Look to see how the, how skilled the assistants are. Okay. Look how long they've been there. The assistants are a big part of what you do. Ask who you would be working with as mm-hmm. an assistant. Hopefully there's an answer. So, if you came to our practice when this is happening, we say you are going to work with Renisha. Renisha is right now working with Dr. Rob, but she can work with you on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Okay, mm-hmm. if you say we'll find an assistant for you, red flag, right? Because you might not find one. Yeah. Um, especially in this day and age. Also, another thing is um, the newest assistant with the newest associate is usually a terrible combo. Okay. So it might be done. Practice owners might do this being, I'm going to hire somebody new for Dr. Rob. He's new. They're new. They don't, you know, they they don't have Everybody any Everybody will old, be new together. Yes, and they right? don't have any of their old contaminated thoughts. Sometimes <laughs> they do this with great intentions. Uh-huh. But when neither of you know where something is in the operatory and when neither of you know Mrs. Jones doesn't open and neither of you know that this person comes late. So I think it's a really good tip is ask which assistant you'd be working with. Right. Another thing to ask um, is, this goes especially for DSOs and, and the owner operators. How often would I be the only dentist in the practice? Okay. How often would I be the only dentist in the practice? If you hear every day, that's really a tough life. In our world, you'd be you'd hear like two days only two days by yourself, two days with Dr. Jeff and Dr. Paul, but we're always available. Mm-hmm. So ask how often I would be the only dentist in the practice, and then I think a lot of it's looking at the tools. Like if if someone likes cooking out there or somebody likes golf, Rob. I'll use an example. We play golf. If I say, "Oh, hey, Rob, you're going to use my golf clubs," as soon as I walk out, you could look at the bag and you already know I'm in trouble, right? When's that bag from? What? What? Where are the irons from? Are they from the '90s? Or are they from sooner? So look at the equipment judgmental. that you get, but you know, right? And you have to play with those clubs. Yeah. You know, oh, these are ping zings from back in 1998. <laughs> yeah, they were good in '98, but they're not good now. Paul's rated <laughs> eBay. Yeah. Right. Stuff. So, <laughs> so I think look at the the lab work that's done. Very yeah. key. Okay. The lab work. Uh, Say, oh, hey, can I see some of your lab cases? And all this is done, Rob, with genuine desire to learn. Mm -hmm. Approach it with curiosity, not judgment. Mm That's a Ted Lasso thing. But, you know, uh, ask to see the lab work. Ask about the supplies. Look at the stuff that they're getting. Look at the equipment. Mm -hmm. Now, my dental office doesn't have the newest scanner. So it doesn't mean if they don't have the newest technology, it's a terrible office. But let's say that they're using stuff from the 1980s. You're going to have to use that stuff from the 1980s. So just be aware of it. It doesn't always mean bad. Just as you say... You explain a contract to somebody and to make them aware of it. This is making yourself clinically aware mm-hmm. of the game you're going to be playing with them.
1: Right. And look, and if you're not happy with it, and you don't like it, then, you know, I think going into it, you have to assume that it's not going to change just because you arrived. Yeah. And so if it's something that you're not prepared to, an environment that, that you're not prepared to work in, then
2: you should probably think about working someplace and, else. And, right. And it's, it's such a good point because when you have more options, you can think that way. So give yourself more options. Everything yeah. from all these episodes is leading to start early, investigate early, whether it's contracts or clinical awareness, and give yourself options so that you don't feel like you only have to take this one place.
1: Right. Yeah, very few decisions in life are, are made well when they're your only choice. Right. right? Especially or, for, or when
2: you're back is Especially for the big picture things. I was talking the other day, you know, it's kind of a philosophical thing, but whether you're an attorney, whether you're uh, a dentist, whether you work from home, Rob, everybody knows when their workday starts right and everybody knows what that feeling is of when you're going to start work do you want to walk in to where you want to work do you want to log in to where you want to work it's a it's an interesting question but the clinical part of for associate dentist is a huge part of that because Mm -hmm. as a practice owner i might have 14 other things to do i might be managing team but if your clinical if the clinical part of your associate position is not something you want to do it doesn't matter what you're getting paid doesn't matter how close it is to your house. That is your full contact arts and crafts day. And if it's not one that's morale-based for you, that's going to be a morale, you're you're going to be in a tough spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's powerful stuff. And I think people need to be honest with themselves, too, when you're doing this. You know, you're you're observing, you know, the practice that day. You're evaluating the contract or whatever you're doing as part of your due diligence process. That's it. It's due diligence. You know, you have to... You really have your eyes open and your ears sure. open. And, and and if you see as referred to the yellow flags, orange yeah. flags, red flags, you know, realize that, you know, this may not be the right thing. You know. And sure. I think a lot of times people kind of fall in love with opportunities, Paul, whether yeah. you know, it's the job or it's a practice that you're going to purchase or a location for a startup and in our world you know we cringe when we and we talk amongst each other when we yeah. say this what's going on Ah, they fell in love with the deal like oh yeah that's you, bad. you know It's that. bad it's and not this, a good thing
2: it's such a good point this is a question you cannot ask too much you should ask it at the point of being kindly annoying say what procedures will i be doing most of the time like on mondays what will i be doing most of the time because Practice owners often hire associates with totally unrealistic expectations of their clinical skills, mm-hmm. and they want them to do endo and extractions, but they don't do endo and extractions. And there's a reason they don't do root canals and extractions, right. because they're hard, because they're unpredictable. So if they expect you, DSO or private practice, to do procedures that you're not comfortable doing, that's where, Rob, you could have the best equipment in the world. You yeah. could have the nicest assist in the world. Right. If they want you to do a surgical extraction, or root canal that Brett Gilbert would have to do, have a tough time doing. That's another big problem that a lot of times gets into. Get, people get into that with good intentions.
1: Yeah.
2: owner thinks, oh, I don't do this work. I'll just have new Dr. Rob do this work yeah. without really finding out if new Dr.
1: Rob can do this work. Right, right. So it's, it's just really kind of forcing the practice owner to do their due diligence right. at that point, right? And because, look, you, you don't want to take this job or any job uh, for a short period of time, like right. things things go wrong, like beyond your control, you know. But if going into it, you uh, it's not a good thing. And if you could right. have avoided it by asking questions of the of the owner for you to help you evaluate. But also to help them you know and if they there's really nothing worse than working for somebody who has unrealistic expectations as to what your professional performance is going yeah, to be for sure i mean h- how much you know uh stress and anxiety inducing you know
2: uh, c- can that be yeah, because you know? it's unpredictable i want to leave us you know if i want to leave us with just my most golden question you can ask for clinical awareness and this caused some controversy on my Dental Nachos group because dentists... So we talk about green flags, right? Talk about red flags. But let's talk about yellow flags. I sometimes call them orange flags. Uh-huh. Now, you're hearing me, right, Rob? Dentists can be negative. That's not me saying not, don't take the job. Right. That's not me saying take the job. That's me saying find out a lot more about this flag. Mm-hmm. Right, here it is. There you go. When you're on the, that observation day, say to the owner this, can I talk to the previous associate because I would like to know how I can be as successful as possible in this practice. And I know your previous associate will give me some insight because I know they were once, once new, and I know they know the team, so I'd love to call your previous associate and ask them some questions about the position mm. so I can do my best job possible. Okay. And if you do not hear, sure, here's Dr. Jill Bites. That was my one. Yeah. If you do not hear, that's no big deal. If you hear, ah, I don't want you to talk to that person, or Rob, this is a trick one, you're our first associate, it's a yellow flag. Yeah. Maybe even orange, right? Yeah, orange, <laughs> orange yellow. And people got mad at me, but I said, I'm not saying don't take job. But if yeah, see, so some owners said, well, what if it ended on bad terms? Let them talk to them anyway; they'll find out. Yeah, maybe the bad terms were, you know, I'm I'm coaching this uh, owner associate team. We're great right now. They're asking for help. If they say they didn't give me enough time for work, ask that associate how long do you get for a crown. And I needed three hours. Well, that's not reasonable. Mm-hmm. I needed ninety minutes. They gave me thirty minutes. So just be there's to me there's yeah. nothing that can go wrong with that. Right. But it's sometimes uncomfortable for owners to hear, but if you just say, sure, here's their number. I mean, of course, check with the previous associate, sure. I'm saying, but mm-hmm. but then they're just going to get an idea and that's the best way to get the co- best clinical awareness possible. Yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful. And look,
1: uh, people do it in society. I mean, yeah. there's people that won't buy a toaster without reading the right. review on Amazon. Yeah. So why wouldn't you, so to speak, read the review on this employer that was done by the previous associate? Yeah.
2: And, and, and it doesn't mean they're always right. My, right. my own amazing wife, you know, she's very much tougher on stuff than I am. Mm-hmm. People learn from her. Mm-hmm. I'm easygoing. I might not be the right person. Like, the turkey sandwich is fine. Like, I thought it stinks. I'm like, I'll eat anything, right? Yeah. So, like, right. It, it's just gathering. But if I was eating at this restaurant every single day, I'd say, the chef gets upset. At the end of the day, you better be done on time. And yeah. when I say the chef, that's the assistant. Right. Those are all things you will only learn because the pra- it's their baby, the practice owner, and you never look at your baby the way other people look at your baby. So mm-hmm. when the aunt and uncle comes, the associate, and they say, I mean, I'm sure Dr. Jill bites has a wonderful thing to say about, it, but also awareness things like we don't have a big space in our office. You have to be on time all the time. Yeah. You know, there's not overflow. Right. That's just the reality. So if Jill said to the next associate, you know, you better be on Paul, time at Paul and Jeffs. They don't have overflow rooms. Maybe that makes them not want to take the job. Right. Maybe it does. But it, what it does is it gives them. Kind of uh to wrap up, you know, clinical awareness.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, like it doesn't have to be to sort of stick with the analogy of the, you know, the the Amazon right. rating. You're not necessarily asking somebody else if this is a good place to work. Right. You're asking them about what it's like to work yeah. here, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. So you're not asking them like, should I take this job? Right. Exactly. I, mean, I guess yeah. you could ask that, but like they don't know you, you know, and to your point, there are things that uh, nuances and, and little quirks in every practice that some of which are going to be fine. Some of which are not going to be fine. And yeah. Things that bothered them may not bother you, but it's really just to have that discussion and, and get to know the practice. The way you say more.
2: it, just say to the owner, would it be possible for me to speak with a previous associate? Because I would like, they were new, like I'm going to be new and I would just love to learn how I can be as successful as possible for you. It's a non-threatening question. It's a question that's based on success. if the practice owner says, nope, you can't, or the practice center says, no, you can't because there wasn't one before you, both of those are yellow flags. Got it. Love it. We're going to end <laughs> on that note. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Rob.
1: Good stuff here, Dr. Nacho. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed our episode here today or you like our podcast, we encourage you to go on iTunes and give us a good five-star yeah. review I know. Right? next
2: to my aunts thanks guys <laughs>
1: thanks
0: everybody thanks for listening to another great podcast with the dental amigos and don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified if you're looking for more information about today's podcast you can find it on the dental amigos.com. if you're looking for paul you can find paul at dr paul Goodman.com. and if you're looking for rob you can find him at your this podcast has been sponsored by orange line media group helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.